I in Jesus' name. So I'm going to go over again what I read last week. That's to kind of build today's message on scripture. Reading from Acts 1, 1 to 13. Reading in the, um, uh, what's it called now? NSAB version. I've got my physical Bible here. I hope you have yours. Hallelujah. And your journals. Time to make some notes and to flick these pages. So it says, the first account I compose, Philippians about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had the Holy Spirit given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. To these he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing, sorry, convincing proofs apparent to them over a period of 40 days speaking of things concerning the kingdom of God. Verse 4. And gathering them together, he commanded them not to lead the region, but to wait for what the Father had promised, which he said, you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Not many days from now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hmm. Amen. And so then when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you are restoring the kingdom to Israel? He says, it's not for you to know times and epochs which the father has fixed by his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses both in in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and even to the remotest part of the earth and after he said these things he was lifted up while they were looking on and a cloud received him out of their sight and as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was departing behold two men in white clothing stood beside them and they also said men of Galilee hmm why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus whom has been taken up into heaven will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. Verse 7, sorry, 12. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey away and when they had entered they went up to the upper room where they were staying that is peter john james um, andrew philip thomas Bartholomew, matthew james the son of Alphia, son this Dezelia, judas the son of james verse 14 these all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer along with the women the mary and mary so the mother of jesus and with his brothers Acts 2. Sorry guys, gonna read it all out so you guys have a baseline and I want to go through it. I'm sure this is a lot of battery that you guys done this week. Hey man. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they appeared to them tongues as of fire, distributing themselves, and they rested on each one 
of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit was given them utterance now there were Jews living in Jerusalem devout men from every nation under heaven and when this sound occurred the multitude came together and they were bewildered because they were each hearing them speak in their own language and then they were amazed and marveled saying why are not why are not all these who are speaking Galileans and how is it that each hear them in our own language to which we were born Parthians, Medites, Elemites, residents of you know all those countries hallelujah verse 12 and they continued in amazement and great perplexity saying to one another what does this mean but others were mocking and saying they were full of new wine May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Um, here we see the birth of what we call the church, the ecclesia. Acts chapter 1, that scripture that spoke about what Jesus was doing when he had rose from the dead. He was showing himself to his disciples, convincing them that he is alive. Teaching them about the kingdom of God. And then he gave them an instruction to wait for the promise from the father, which was him sending the Holy Spirit. The reality is this, for the Holy Spirit to live in all of us, Jesus has to go up to heaven. Mm. He said, I must go that I may send. So that whole sending of the Holy Spirit was under the instruction of waiting for that promise and watching me go into heaven. Is that clear, everyone? And then act number two, we see a picture of what happened for those who chose to wait. Holy Spirit came, um, as tongues of fire rested on each and every one of them, and they all spoke as the Spirit gave them utterance. Uh, and then we see that when they did this, God had put them in a specific location in Jerusalem. And in this place, it was a day of Pentecost feast where the Jews come to celebrate Pentecost, which is which basically meant. Um, I think it's 50 days after Passover, which is when um, Moses did the whole put the door, what's it called again? Put the blood in every door, all that good stuff, yeah? So all of these things are symbols of what Jesus went through. You know, he 50, day, 50, 50 days ago, Jesus was slain. He died. You know, he rose from the dead for three days and then 50 was a time of celebration. So on this particular day, there were Jews from every nation. Because those of you that don't know, Jewish people aren't just only like, quote unquote, Israel. There's different um, types of Jews and they will all have different dialects and somehow these men from Galilee who are also known to be unlearned men were able to speak their languages this was a marvelous complete bewilderment complete astonishing thing that could ever witness and as we read in the scriptures they were like how can this be you know what I mean and some people mock them saying they are full of new wine um, this new wine that they're talking about, obviously, clearly, these guys looked like they were drunk, but they couldn't have been drunk. It was 9 a.m. in the morning, and, you know, they're sober, they were full of the spirit. But the only way to describe what this could have been is that they were drunk, but this drunk, they were drunk, it was, it was a new type of drunk, new type of wine. So it was something different, as my wife said. 
this is key because in the unbelieving Jews mocking the believers about how they were looking or what was happening to them, i.e. they were full of or drunk of new wine, they were actually also prophesying to those that were moved by the Spirit uh, and saying that what Jesus spoke about many years ago, many years ago, I don't know when it was, but prior, that, you know, there was a day coming where I have to change the wineskin. And I've got to change this wineskin from old to new because I can't pour new wine into old wineskin. And if I could make it even more basic for you guys, just to kind of give more understanding here, Acts 1 verse 4, where he gives them the instruction to wait for the promise, which you heard from the Father. He then explains John the Baptist, old wineskin, baptized with water. But you shall be new wineskin, the church shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit. That's the distinction. So when we say these words, new wine, we're talking about the new expression that God is doing in our time of what it means to be a believer in Christ. And in this context here, God used the, the gift of speaking in other tongues to reach lost people. They were bewildered. They had to ask questions. And our beloved Peter rose up and preached a powerful message. And 120 people became 3,000 in one day. So the new wine is essentially, uh, it, 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 all it means that it's, it's the expression of what God does through you, a new wineskin, in whatever way he deems to give you utterance to do in your time and in your era. I hope that makes perfect sense. When you guys hear new wine, I want this to be a church lingo, like, yeah, I've got the new wine. The new wine basically means the, what is God doing in your context, in your life, in, what is he expressing through you as an individual to your generation? Yeah, so I want to give you the process to that destination because it doesn't just happen before they experienced the outpour of the Spirit, he gave them an instruction to wait. Acts 1, verse 4. And this is what I kind of echoed the last week. I'm going to briefly touch it again. He said to them. He gathered them. Other versions will say um, whilst they were eating because they were communing together. He said to them, do not leave Jerusalem. I need, to, I need to echo this part here because some of you think, what does that mean? These men are not from Jerusalem. They are from Galilee. Jerusalem is like down here. Galilee is like up here. Basically, Jerusalem is London. Galilee is like Scotland. Even more context situation, Jesus was crucified in Jerusalem. The last place where you want to start preaching about Jesus is where he was killed. But he was going to show them that this thing I've called you to do is not in your own power and strength. I'm going to make you, I'm going to provide a, an impossible scenario that will only take the Holy Ghost for it to work. So when Jesus says that scripture in Isaiah 43 and talks about, oh, you know, um, you know, I'll make a way in the desert. There are no ways in the desert. He's doing something new. Rivers in the desert. There are no rivers in the desert. He's doing something. He's going into your impossible circumstance and in and through you, he's doing something new, something different. So here the context here. Do not leave 
Jerusalem. Do not think I've come to take you out of what you're going through. Mm. I've got a promise for you where you are, right there, right now. But I need you to wait for the promise. Last week I spoke about patience having its full work in you. The command to wait is what God is doing in you. He's transforming you into that new wine skin that can pour out new wine. Are you guys following me here, yeah? yeah? So when he says, but to wait for what the Father has promised, see the word wait as an instruction, which can also mean preparation. I gave you three words beginning this year. Prepare, process, prosper. And we're going to see how that even fits into these scriptures. See the instruction to wait as the word prepare. Something is about to change in your life. But I need you to be that jar of clay, that vessel that can hold the weight of what's about to come. Uh, and and the, the, the word wait tells me babes that there is an expected end to what it is that I'm waiting for you don't wait forever mm. 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 when the traffic light says red I only wait until it says green mm. Mm. beloved I, I just want to affirm every believer in this house your waiting on God has an expected end mm. Mm. and the instruction to wait which I'll go into more details will go on it's crucial because it's what you do in the process of waiting that depicts what kind of manifestation or what that promise will look like in your life. Now, Acts 2 verse 1 lets me know that what I just said is true, that your waiting has an expected end because the Bible says when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in one accord in one place. Yeah. It's a very vital statement. Let's read your Bible slowly. When the day of Pentecost. So there was a day set for when your waiting ends. Mm. But what was the description of those that were waiting when that day had come? They were in what? One accord and in what? In one place. Mm. Last week I spoke about the power of agreement. Number two. Can you see that you must come into agreement with the word of the Lord, which is to wait? And can you also see that you must be in one accord, in unity with one another? Mm. You see, the next move of God is not a one-man thing. It's a family matter. God is not just raising men. He's raising houses, family. He's not raising individuals. Get ready to see and to understand that for us to see the fullness, I like the way it said, fully come, we must be in one accord and in one place. What does it mean in A&T context? We must come into agreement with what it is, is the vision of this house. What is it that God is saying? We must come into agreement with what was told to do right now. Pray and fast. We, we shouldn't hear pray and fast as an option this week. We should hear that as an instruction. What you do 
whilst you wait is as, as important as waiting. You've got to come into agreement. I, I love this because it, it, it shows you the necessity of you and I. This is an us thing. One can take a thousand to flight. How much more? Two, five, ten. There's something powerful about unity. And I hope you guys are hearing the spirit of God as we're waiting together as a family. Because prayer and fasting is a form of waiting on the Lord. We are posturing ourselves we are abasing ourselves we're coming into a place where we're aligning ourselves with what heaven is saying what heaven has established and we're saying lord do it now do it again in and through our lives in order to agree you must believe when you believe then you become and when you become, the world beholds. And we see that in Acts 1, 2. You have to agree with, the, with what God is saying about to wait. And but in order to agree, you've got to believe what God is saying. And then whilst you are waiting, in the process of waiting, you are becoming what it is that you are believing God for. And when that day comes where God has set for you to manifest, to actualize, not your tongue will praise you, but another man's tongue will praise you and say, what is this that I see in Moyo? What is this that I see in Michael? What is this that I see in Emmanuel, in Jeffrey, in Aisha, in Shala? Believe, become, behold. God is processing us to become the witnesses that show and prove the evidence that he is alive. That's what new wine looks like. And it will look different for all and many people you, but based on how God has graced you and gifted you. That's why even in the waiting is powerful because that's when you get to store your soul to hear God more distinctively. Get more clarity. Get to a place of peace. Because many of us are helter-skelter, up and down, trying to make things work. But the posture of waiting means you've got to sit down. Mm. You've got to remember that I bring about that day of manifestation. I bring about the promise to, to pass. It's me that does it. You wait. I move. Mm. Mm. It's very humbling, beloved. Because in one context, what we're believing God for, some of us could create it ourselves. Mm. You've been saved long enough to know that God's ways are not our ways. Mm. When we think it's time to save, God says it's time to give. When we take time to pray, we, we, we want to sleep. You know, the, the kingdom of God is upside down. And we have to come in agreement with that, that his ways are above our ways. And the tension and the tenor and, and, and the frustration happens when we are trying to mingle his ways with our ways. So what does he do? He said, no, 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 wait. And last week I said, wait in Hebrew. It talks about a twisting and a binding. Something is happening when you're waiting. 
God is unifying you with himself. John 15, abide in me in union, oneness. In the waiting, God is pressurizing and, 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 and concentrating and, and removing the dross. You know, if you think about the whole refiner's fire, all this, all this, that, that is what happens when you wait. All of those things that interfere with what God is saying begin to rise and he begins to, to remove it from the surface. And this is why it's so powerful when Susan spoke about the, the parable of, 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 of the, the old wine and the new wineskin. Because I'm, I'm going to read it from Luke 5. Because Luke 5 links wineskin and old wineskin to prayer and fasting. Uh, and he says something here that I think is really crucial for us to understand. The, 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 the issue here is this. Our disciples are saying to Jesus, Luke 5 verse 33. They said to him, Jesus, like John's disciples are fasting and praying often. Mm. Yeah. Even the disciples of Pharisees. So basically, coming to Jesus saying, Look, fam, like, like your teacher recognizes you, we recognize you, 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 you have disciples, but you know, the one that came before you, John the Baptist, these men are praying and fasting. Even the Pharisees are praying and fasting. But you men are eating and drinking, feasting. <laughs> Jesus said to them, can you make friends, oh, God calls us friends, so beautiful, of the bridegroom fast whilst he is with them. But the time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them. In those days, they will fast. See the parallel? Jesus instructed them and then he disappeared. So we could it doesn't say it in Acts 1, but we could infer on the scripture and say they were probably were fasting. Probably. Don't know. But I'm going to infer on the scripture. Fasting, but they were definitely praying. Mm-hmm. In one accord. In one place. They were definitely praying at 6am on a go-to meeting <laughs> on Tuesday. Shameless plug. Oh yeah. <laughs> One accord, unity in one place. And then he tells them a parable which is not distinct from what he just said. He then told them this parable, verse 36. No one tears an old, uh, sorry, tears out a new garment to patch an old one. He recognizes what he's saying. He, he's even, he's ridiculing them on their statement here. That's really worth, no one tears an old patch from hair from a new thing to put an old one what are you doing it's not correlating it's not aligning it's odd it's insufficient otherwise they will they have torn the new garment and the patch from the new will not match the old touch your neighbor and say god cares about matching God wants you to be aligned. God wants us to be as one. Verse 37. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise the new wine will burst the skins. And the wine will run out. And the wineskins will be ruined. Verse 38. No. New wine must Type in that, in that comment. Must be poured into new wineskins. 
verse 39. And no one, after drinking old wine, wants the new, for they say the old is better. This is very powerful. My wife really touched it already. She basically let us know that the bridegroom fast has to do with intimacy. And we know that because Jesus, the, the, sorry, the, the other disciples were saying, they go on eating and drinking, which is a symbol of communion. Mm. We drink his blood and we eat his bread, we eat his body, his flesh. And we know that in the Jewish culture, that's the one of the highest level of covenant with somebody else mm. when you share a meal with them. Mm. So we know that this thing was an intimate thing that mm. he's talking about when he talks about fasting. It's not for something, it's to be closer to him. Mm. And the powerful thing about being close to Jesus, I mean, in the time, is that he makes you like himself. That's how you become the new wineskin. But the powerful thing about fasting, babes, is that he uses the technology of fasting to wean the soul, to give you appetite for the new. Why do I say that? Because after he explained the parable, he gave another powerful statement. He says, no one after drinking old wine, Tosan, wants the new. For they say the old is better. What was he saying here? This is the perfect description of when the Bible talks about being in your comfort zone. The issue here is that they were used to the old, so they didn't have any desire for something new. Mm. That's what Susan said. They were accustomed to the dysfunction, so they didn't have enough belief for something different. Mm. Their struggle had become their norm. And here on the scene was the one who had purchased deliverance and freedom. But they still said the old is better. The Israelites, take us back to Egypt. It was okay. We had food and this and that. Though they were slaves. Mm. Can you see that? More importantly here, when we talk about a new wineskin, we're going to talk about now spiritually, it's about a new way of thinking. And God said, I need you to fast so that I can shut down your natural senses and your carnality so that you can now hear the spirit and allow him to transform your way of thinking. Because we know that the transformation is rooted in the renewing of the mind. And we know that waiting on the Lord is him renewing your strength. Your strongest and most powerful asset, asset sorry, is your mind. And a new mind, my God, but forget a new mind, a mind that's a mind of Christ. What is impossible? This is what Abraham walked in. This is why Abraham could sacrifice Isaac. Because he had a new logic. He, he was able to understand the Lord from everlasting. That he was able to raise up Isaac from the dead. He was able to think of something new that had not happened yet as the earth had been existing. Resurrection power in God. And God gives us insight. He says, now I know you fear me, Abraham. Psalms 25 verse 10, I think. He says about the, those who fear the Lord, he shared the secret of his covenant. What happened with Abraham? Abraham's became a prophetic picture of what God will do to his son Jesus for us. 
Abraham's action was so powerful that it gave us a new name for God, Jireh. Beloved, can I announce to you that, that, that your life is a message. A living epistle. Your life needs to scream something new. I need to look at your life, Michaela, and have a new name for God. Mm, that's good. That's what new wine looks like. A new understanding of the same ancient one. I hope you guys are hearing me today. That's what it looks like. That's what it looks like no one drinking old wine wants the new this is why god said i needed to forget the former things remember the things not of old for behold i do and you see what today forgetting and remembering are functionalities of the mind And he did that after reminding them of what he did to them in Egypt. The most glorious miracle of the Old Testament. And says, hey, 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 I'm going to do something even newer and greater than that. We have to believe God. Those people that he was reminding, we know, those, we know the story, they died in the desert because of unbelief. Something that should have took 11 days took 40 years. Went round in cycles, upon cycles, upon cycles. Beloved, I'm telling you, if you do not wait, you will go around in cycles, upon cycles. Till you obey the instruction, you will not see the promise. It doesn't mean it's cancelled, it's not coming. It just means that it will arrive when you choose to obey the instruction. When you choose to endure the process. When you choose to allow the Lord to do his work in you. Wait. Waiting is what God uses to shift you from old to the new. Wait. I, I'm not baptizing you with just water, Ayo. I'm baptizing you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Oh, you do you think waiting here is so deep because they were ready to go. He said, do not leave Jerusalem. So they were ready to go back home and do their thing for Jesus and preach to God. He said, you need to wait for my sending power to come upon you. You see, Jesus didn't need a crowd to reach the crowd. He needed people that would obey his instruction to wait so that he could send them. I need to remind some people today. Some people went, some people were sent. And the difference is those who waited were sent. And those that went, went on their own accord. This is not the hour for you to exalt your understanding. This is an hour to understand there is a God who called me to come up hither. There is a God that transcends my natural way of thinking. There is a God that says there are some things I need to show you, Tosa. But I need you to wait. And in the waiting, God is building capacity. In the waiting, God is even producing 
depth, your weight, how much you can carry. If you want anointing, power, glory, weight. And the powerful thing about this weighting thing, because sometimes you guys have weight, you keep you, you probably thinking naturally distance or even time. This weighting is posture. And this posture is a very powerful thing. Okay, you need to give me 10 five. I can't lie to you. This weighting is not distant. It's not even necessarily about how long you have to wait for. It's not about that. It's about posture. Acts 2 verse 2. When the time had come for manifestation, look what, how the Spirit of God found them. Suddenly a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. This scripture blew my mind the first time I read it because I thought, wow. You know, if it was me, I would have been hand-a-shandering, hands raised, this, da, 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 da. It would have been noisy. They were sitting. They were in a posture of waiting. When you go into the doctor's room, they say, wait here, sit down. Waiting is about posture. Waiting is about humility. Waiting it's about you understanding. You are not in control of making it happen. God is. And it's beautiful because then I, it, waiting builds my ability to, to trust the Lord with all of my heart. And not to lean on my own understanding. It teaches me to acknowledge my way that he may direct my paths. Because remember the spirit gave them utterance. He didn't make up the tongues. The spirit gave them the tongues. But another powerful thing about the, the, the posture, it says, it says that they were sitting. Once again, they were still in unity. Beloved, this new thing that God is doing is a unity thing. It's a body thing. It's a, an, it is an arm needs a leg. Eye needs a, it's no longer, it's, guys, the, the, the days of one man show is over if you still got an ambition of being the next big thing i need you to let it die you need to be looking for your tribe you need to be looking for a house you need to be looking for people to partner with he set them out not in ones but in twos he set them out not in ones but in twos and the biggest enemy to, to, to this unity so to unity is pride Selfish ambition. Glo uh, uh, what's the other word? Vainglorious conceitedness. Jealousy. Envy. You see, you see, you know what will happen when if only some choose to wait and some don't? That's how the vision gets birthed. Because some were following the vision and some weren't following the vision. So they're now divided as to what it looks like when it's time to manifest. That's how it looks like. That's how basic it is. You want to know what division will look like in A&T? Some of you obey, some of you don't. And some of you will feel a way about those who obeyed and those that didn't. It's normal. That's how Paul said to you guys, like, look, beware of each other. Like, it, it, Galatians 5, lest you consume another out of conceitedness. Because some of you are doing the right thing and some of you, you choose not. This is why Cain hated Abel, because Cain did what was evil and Abel did what was right. Yeah. 
your righteousness does only affirm more my wickedness and it makes me feel more bad. Therefore, I want to I project my ill thoughts against you. Mm. That's how it looks like. That's the basic one-on-one. So if you want division to not stand in this house, you need to be those that are united in one accord. Beloved, I'm calling all of you to pray and to fast. Beloved, I'm calling all of you to come into agreement with division. Beloved, I'm calling all of you to honour one another. Beloved, I'm calling all of you to let your love be genuine. Hate what is evil. Cling to what. Beloved, I'm calling you into obedience to the instruction of the Lord. Beloved, I'm teaching you ancient principle that with faith and patience you will inherit the promise. Hebrews 6 verse 12. Waiting has to do with posture. Elijah had a posture and his posture reflected his prayer. The Bible says that when it was time for the rain to come, he heard the sound, but he still had to pray to see what he heard come to pass. See that as prophetic protocol. Many of you have heard the word of the Lord, but I need you to posture yourself in a place of prayer to see what you heard come to pass. He prayed not once, not twice, not even three, seven times. That sounds like waiting. That sounds like not stopping till something happens. And you know how he was praying? He was praying in the position of a woman giving birth. His posture reflected his prayer. They were sitting, waiting on the Lord. Their posture reflected their prayer. I want this to sink in. Yeah. The Bible doesn't say this for no reason. Where they were sitting, that's how the Holy Spirit came. Imagine that they were Pentecost. They weren't out doing men. They were sitting, yeah. waiting on the Lord. Yeah. And tongues of fire came upon them. Yeah. And the Spirit gave them utterance. Yeah. They looked so crazy, the world called them drunk of new wine. Uh, beloved, I, I've come to realize that if I, even if I don't know what new one looks like, all I need to know that I have to wait because the new one will look what it will look like when it comes upon me. I, I have to relinquish my, my, my obsession with trying to figure out how and to set my eyes on who. Faith ain't about what he can do, it's in who we believe in that can do what he can do. Elijah posture reflected his prayer and the Lord's posture for all of us in this very season is to wait is to wait is to wait you want the new thing wait 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 on Father, in the name of your Son, 
The Bible says that for those who wait on the Lord, he shall renew their strength. Lord, we've come to understand that our strength is made perfect in weakness. So even now we embrace the insufficiency that we have to bring about what you have promised to us. And by faith, by believing that he is, and that he is also a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. We allow the posture of waiting to become a place of diligent seeking, where we understand that you will reward us with your promise. And you have promised this ministry. Come on. You have set A&T for an appointed time. And as we wait on you, Father, we know that as we find our place in the posture in which you command us to be in, on that day, with that time set from heaven, we shall manifest. We decree and declare that the renewal is here, but it belongs to those who choose to wait on the Lord. And today we choose to realign ourselves, we acquaint ourselves with the promise, with the instruction to wait, to pray, to fast, to seek, to lay aside weights and even the sin that easily besets us and to fix our eyes on Jesus. Yeah, because this fast is bridegroom fast. It's the fast for where we're going to feast on him. We stop feasting on natural means and we begin to feast on the spiritual means by way of prayer and fasting and seeking the face of the Lord. So even now we decree that we shall become the new wineskin and that which you pour out in this era shall not be ruined nor will it come to waste. Ah, but we are proclaiming over this ministry. We are a new wineskin. We are a new finger. And we pour out our lives as a new wine, as an expression of God speaking to this era, to this culture, to this time and to this season. We seal that now by the precious and anointed name of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ.